You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10, the Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints." And let's pray. Our Father, we thank you again for your word. I thank you for this passage of scripture that shows us how we can every day put on the whole armor of God, that we can be prepared for battle, that we can be victorious in battle. And Lord, I pray that you would remind us this morning of the seriousness that we are in a battle and the devil is real and the attacks are real. And I pray that we would experience victory in our homes, in our marriages, uh, in our church. I pray that our young people would see victory. I pray that our young people would see you do great things in their lives. And I pray that you would meet with us this morning. I thank you for those who are watching this service uh, online. I thank you for our ministry with the live stream. I thank you for those who are listening on the radio. I thank you for that ministry And for those that are listening this morning on 95.9 FM and 102.3, and I pray that you would speak to hearts today through the radio. And then, Lord, for all these that are in this auditorium, I pray that we would not miss what you have for us. Lord, I pray that you would remove the distractions, and I pray that you would take away the thoughts of, of this afternoon and tonight and tomorrow and next week. And I pray that we would focus for these few moments upon what thus saith the Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Ephesians 6, we have looked at all of the different pieces of armor so far. We've got a few left, and we'll cover those uh, probably in January. But it says in verse number 14 that we are to have our loins girt about with truth. Remember that we're supposed to be surrounded with the truth and and that belt is what what holds everything together. That belt is so important. How many of you would agree that truth is so important in life? Would you raise your hand if you say truth is important? I agree. You got to have truth. Then it says we're to put on the breastplate of righteousness. You've got to have that protection that protects your heart, protects your lungs, it protects your your vital organs, and and that breastplate is so important, and righteousness is so important. If you don't have righteousness, you have nothing 
to fight against wickedness. And so righteousness is certainly important. You've got to put on the breastplate. But then it says in verse number 15, we saw last week, you got to have your feet shod. You got to have your shoes on. Like a, a horseshoe would be, would be placed on that horse. You got to have your shoes on with the gospel of peace. The gospel is so important. You've got to have the gospel. Bless my heart, last Sunday after the service, I was getting ready to leave and somebody came back in. They said, now, Pastor, where are those, where are those tracks you were talking about? And I, I took him over and he got some tracks and I looked at both track racks and they were both almost completely empty last Sunday and they were full before. You know why? Because a bunch of people got armed with the gospel last week and you took those tracks and we, we've got to tell people the good news and that is so important. Then we'll look at verse number 16 today, the shield of faith. Verse number 17, it says you got to have the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation is so important. Not only do you need salvation, but you need to know. You got to have it in your head. You got to have it in your mind. You got to have the assurance that you know that you know that you're saved. You know why some Christians are never victorious? Is because Satan causes them to constantly doubt their salvation. They're always thinking, well, I'm not sure if I'm saved. I'm not sure if I, if I meant it. I'm not sure of this. Can I tell you, if you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you're saved. And once you're saved, you're always saved. There's nothing you can do to lose it. There's nothing that Satan can do to take it, out, uh, take it away from you. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. It's good to be saved, but can I tell you, it's good to be saved forever. It's eternal, it's everlasting life, and it's given by God. If a church gave it, I'd say you could probably lose it. If a friend or a family member gave it, I'd say, well, that might be taken away from you. But when God gives it, God gives it, and he gives it to you forever. You've been born into the family of God. I say it like this. I was born May 21st, 1979 in Santa Clara, California. I was born to Joe and Cindy Coburnett. I was born into their family. Now, I'm sure there have been things throughout my life that I've done to disappoint them, things maybe that I've done that maybe they wouldn't be proud of, but there is nothing that I can do to be unborn. I'm in their family. I could go change my name, and I could say, you know, I don't think I want to be a Coburnette anymore, which I'm not planning to do. I'm thankful for my family. I love my family. But I could go change my name, but that doesn't change the fact that I was born into their family. When you're born into the family of God, can I tell you, you are safe and you are secure. But you got to have the helmet of salvation. Then it says the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You've got to have the Bible. You've got to have the word. But I want you to notice verse number 16. Would you notice the first two words in that verse? Paul writes to the church at Ephesus under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he writes, and this is no mistake. I don't believe that there are mistakes in the Bible. I believe we have the Word of God. I believe it's preserved. I believe it's inspired. I believe it's true. I believe every word. I believe it from cover to cover. And these first two words, above all, taking the shield of faith. Hang on. You know what that means? That means that although all of the armor is important, 
The Bible says we're to put on the whole armor of God. You've got to have it all. But the most important piece of armor, this is not according to me, this is according to the Word of God. The most important piece of armor is the shield of faith. Can I tell you, you can't leave here today without the shield of faith. You can't go into the world this week without the shield of faith. You can't stand against the devil and his attacks without the shield of faith. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us. I need you so desperately. And Lord, I know we've already prayed, but I feel like I need to pray one more time to, 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 for you to help me and for you to help us that we would not miss what you have for us in this important piece of armor. We must have it. And I pray you'd speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to notice, number one, I see in this verse the emphasis. The emphasis, we've already discussed it, but the emphasis is that before truth, before righteousness, before the gospel, before salvation, before the Bible, you must have the shield of faith. So, Pastor, how is that possible? How is faith more important than salvation? How is faith more important than truth? And how is faith more important than righteousness? And how is faith more important than the gospel? I don't understand that. Well, let me, let me say this. If you don't have faith, you can't be saved. I believe that's why it says above all taking the shield of faith because you must have faith. You must have all the pieces of armor, but above all, before every other piece, you must have faith. Number one, the emphasis. Number two, I want you to see the equipment. The equipment here is a shield of faith. Now, when I think of a shield, I think it's because when I was growing up, I remember you could buy those little plastic play sets with a, a sword, and it had a, you know, a sheath that you could put on your belt, and there would be a, a helmet, and there would be a little shield. You, you know what I'm talking about? And th those shields were about like that big. I mean, it might barely cover your head, and, and that's the visual I have of a shield. When Paul wrote this, he was referring to the, the pieces of armor, I believe, in Bible times and the Roman Empire and the Roman soldiers. But the shield in those days that we're talking about here was not a little shield that would barely cover your head if you stuck it up in front of your face. This was a shield that resembled the, the shape of a door. And this was a shield that could just about cover the entire body of a soldier if that soldier got behind the shield. You see, this was not a shield that they used in hand-to-hand -hand combat. This was a shield that they would use specifically when the enemy was launching arrows. When the enemy was firing their darts and, and launching their spears, these shields were used to protect the soldier and protect those behind the soldier. Did you know when you're putting on the shield of faith, it's not just protecting you, it's protecting those coming behind you, it's protecting your family, it's protecting your loved ones, it's protecting those that you and I are responsible for. The equipment, the shield, must be carried. The other pieces of armor we've seen so far are put on. But this is not a piece to be put on, this is a piece to be carried. 
Now, can you imagine how heavy that shield would have been if it was almost as tall as a person, five, six feet tall, you know, uh, uh, you know, two and a half, three feet wide. You imagine how heavy that thing had to be? I'm sure there were times that the soldiers would say, do we have to carry this everywhere? Do we have to keep on taking this shield? But can I tell you, when the battle came and the dart started flying, those soldiers were thankful that they had the right equipment. Genesis 15, we find the first reference in the Bible to the word shield. I love this. This is so powerful. The word of the Lord came unto Abram saying, Fear not, Abram. This is God speaking. And he says to Abraham, I am thy shield. God didn't say, I'm going to give you a shield. God said, I'm going to be your shield. Aren't you glad that God is our shield? Aren't you glad that God is the one that protects us? God is the one that keeps us safe in battle. Psalm 3, David said, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. I'm thankful for the shield of faith. A Christian cannot live without faith. Say, Pastor, what is faith? Well, faith, the Bible says, and the Bible teaches, is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.6 goes on to say that without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. You've got to have faith. But faith is believing something without seeing it. Now, I like to believe stuff that I see, right? You like to see it. You like to understand it. You like to have it figured out and say, okay, I believe it. But that's not faith. The Christian must have the shield of faith which says, I believe it even if I can't see it. I believe it because God said it. And our faith today, friend, is not a blind faith. I'm not asking you to be crazy. I'm not asking you to be foolish. I'm just telling you this. You can base your life and you can base your decisions and you can make your life completely in accordance with what God has said. That is faith. We're saved by faith. We walk by faith. Say, no, I don't walk by faith. I'm, I walk and I, I live based upon my, my experience. Well, let me ask you this. How do you take another step? Because God lets you take it. How do you breathe another breath? Because God lets you breathe it. How does your heart beat another beat? Because God allows that heart to beat. Can I tell you, everything we do is by faith. The just, the Bible says, shall live by faith. Sometimes we like to live by feelings, right? Well, I'm not going to church today because I just, honestly, I don't feel like it. Well, I got news for you. And I hope you don't vote me out next week, but I don't always feel like going to church. Say, oh, pastor. No, you know why? Because I have a flesh and I have an old nature. And sometimes you ever just get tired? You ever just sometimes you just, you don't feel like doing what you're supposed to do. You don't feel like reading your Bible. You don't feel like praying. You don't feel like loving your family. You don't feel like going to work. You don't feel like serving God. You don't. By the way, if you've never felt that way, I'd love to know your secret. Because we all have 
feelings and emotions that are not right, but they're real. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Some days I do feel like it. Some days I don't. But I don't live my life based upon feelings. I live my life based upon faith. Faith in the New Testament is the word believing God. In the Old Testament, it's the word trust. Can I tell you, you've got to have trust. You've got to have faith in God. Your faith must be real. The Bible says in the book of James that faith without works is dead. Say, well, you know, we don't get saved by works. You're absolutely right, we don't. We get saved by faith. But if faith is real, there's going to be some evidence that there's going to be something that is going to be seen in our lives that says there is a child of God. There is a person that is a Christian. There's a person that believes God. The Bible says in Romans 10, so then faith, how do we get it? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's how you get faith. The more you read the Bible, the more faith you get. The more you read the Bible, the more you study the pages of Scripture, the more your faith is increased. That's what the disciples asked of Jesus. They said, Lord, would you please increase our faith? I want to ask you a very a personal question. I want to ask you a very serious question. December 5th, 2021, here we are. Has your faith increased from last December to this December. Would you say that your faith has increased or would you say that your faith has decreased? Here's the problem. Sometimes the longer we live, and, and, and if, if, if I'm saying something that you kind of think is true, maybe just nod a little bit so I don't feel, I feel like I'm up here all by myself today. I think it started when I said I don't always feel like going to church and you all looked at me like a bunch of Pharisees like, oh, I can't believe that. Help us. But you ever notice sometimes the longer we live, the more experience we have, maybe as a, 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 a husband or as a wife or more experience in your job or more experience in serving God, whatever it may be. But the more experience you have, it's like, I've got that figured out. And sometimes you start to trust yourself more than you're trusting God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. We must have faith. I saw faith as a boy. I saw faith in my mom and dad. Can I tell you, it's my desire that my children will see faith in me and my wife. It's my desire that our church will see faith in their pastor and their youth pastor and their assistant pastors and their Sunday school teachers and the choir members. It's, it's my goal that our church, the young people of our church would see faith in us. My mom and dad, neither one of them grew up in a, uh, a Christian home as far as uh, that went to church every Sunday and all that. Now, my, my mom and dad, they started going as young people with their friends and my dad rode on a bus and all that. But my mom and dad, not knowing each other at the time, they, by faith, they went to a place they had never been. They went to a Bible college. 
They believed God was speaking to their heart. They believed that God wanted them to serve him. That was faith. Can I tell you, I think about for our young people and the decisions that they have upcoming, there needs to be some faith involved. Whether God calls them to a Bible college or God calls them to a community college or God calls them to a trade school or whatever it may be, there needs to be faith to follow whatever God has for them. My mom and dad went to Bible college. They graduated and they went to California. My mom was from Colorado. My dad had, at the time, his parents were living, his family was living in Illinois, and they went to California. That was a step of faith. God led them back to Illinois, and that's where I grew up, and that's where my siblings, we grew up in Illinois, and, and that was faith. And then I was about 15, 16 years old. My dad had a great ministry. My mom had a great ministry there in Rockford, serving the Lord in that church and the Christian school and Sunday school classes and all of that. And God began to call my dad to pastor a church about two hours away. And I remember seeing my mom and dad in that decision, and that was not an easy decision. They'd been there for 15 years, 16 years. They'd been in that spot, a great church, all their friends, a lot of family, all of that there. And yet by faith, they stepped out and went to a church. You say, oh, it must have been a big church. must have been a booming church. No, as a matter of fact, it wasn't big or booming. About 40 people on a Sunday morning. The church at the time, I guess, would have been about 140 years old, I think. The church had had between 60 and 70 pastors in 140 years. Now, you do the math. Well, actually, don't do the math because there was several periods of time for years where they didn't even have a pastor. So that makes the average tenure go down even more. It was less than two years that those pastors had stayed throughout the history of that church. Most of the people in that church were retired, elderly people. There's just a couple of children in the whole church. And here my mom and dad are, are, are making a decision to go and take their family. You say, why did they do that? It didn't make sense, humanly speaking. But they believed this what God had. Can I tell you, I'm glad that they stepped out by faith. I look back and I have no doubts that that was God's plan for my dad, my mom, and our family. And we wouldn't be where we are today had it not been for a mom and a dad that just had faith. You say, well, I wonder where God's calling me. Well, I hope he's not calling you anywhere. I hope he's calling you to stay. And maybe it takes some faith to stay and to serve in a place where God wants you. But I want to tell you, we must have faith. We want our had to have faith so that somebody can see people that live by faith. I believe this is true, but I think in our church, I think we have seen God reward faith in these last two years. I think we've seen God reward faith whether we're meeting out on a parking lot and wondering if anybody's even going to come. We had never done it before. As a matter of fact, I'd never heard of it before. I remember the time we announced it and I thought, that's crazy. You're just going to come and sit in your car and turn on the radio? And that's it? And then that's church? My heart overflowed with joy when I saw people pulling in with smiles and waving and honking. And then, and then I remember as we got a little more comfortable, people started rolling down their windows a little bit, talking through the crack at the window there. How you doing, brother? Good to see you. And then it got to be where people wouldn't leave after the drive-in because they pull up and after church, they talk just like you do now after church, you know. They were just glad to be here. I remember people pulling on that parking lot and said, Pastor, 
It's just so good to be back on this property. It's just so good to be back here. And then I remember underneath that tent, and I remember thinking, I don't know if anybody's going to come under the tent. The weather wasn't great. I remember there was times where it was cold. I remember we had a couple services in, um, in May and June where it was freezing out there. And I thought, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. We've got a building in here with air conditioning and heat and padded pews and restrooms, and we're meeting under a tent. Can I tell you, God took care of us. God blessed. God brought us through. Not only did God bring us through, but God allowed us during COVID to get a Christian school going. And not just get it going, but to see that Christian school, I mean, blow our minds with how many students and God gave us all the teachers we need in the facilities. I want to tell you, if you think that all made sense, it didn't. The only thing that makes sense is that God did it. And that's how we're supposed to live. That's how we're supposed to serve. We're supposed to live by faith. And you got to have the shield of faith. You got to believe something even when you can't see it. I see the emphasis above all, the equipment, the shield of faith. You got to have faith. But then I see number three, the enemy. The enemy, it says, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. That's not talking about wicked people, although obviously sometimes wicked people are used against us. But that is talking about Satan himself, the wicked one, the old devil, Lucifer, Satan. Can I tell you, we have an enemy. Your enemy is not the person sitting next to you in the pew or the person behind you in front of you. It's not your neighbor. It's not your coworker. The enemy is the devil himself. And he is throwing darts at you and at me to try to destroy us. You see, in hand-to-hand combat, a soldier would use his sword to block the sword, or he would use his sword to defend hand-to-hand. But when a soldier was facing darts that were coming from distances away, that soldier had to rely upon that shield of faith to protect him from those darts. Those darts would come and many times the soldiers didn't see them coming. Many times those darts or those arrows would come from long distances and many times they would come from places you would least expect. Those darts that Satan hurls are very dangerous. Those darts can be deadly. Those darts will come. Satan knows that he has a short time. Satan knows that he doesn't need to save any ammo. He's not conserving ammo. Satan is launching the darts and shooting the arrows against us as fast as he possibly can. There's some darts that Satan is shooting. I believe there's the darts of doubt. You see, the darts of Satan are not always alcohol and drugs and immorality and adultery and and lying and cheating and stealing and pride and all, although he does shoot those. But sometimes Satan can get you if he can just hit you with a dart of doubt. The doubt that says, God can't do that. God did it for somebody else, but God can't do it for you. That's too big. That's too much. That's too great. And you don't really truly believe that God can do it for you, do you? I'm going to tell you what you need to tell Satan. 
You need to tell Satan to go back where he came from and say, hey, I believe God. I trust God. I've seen it before, and I'll see it again, and I'm going to believe God and take him at his word. There's darts of doubt. I believe there's darts of dread, darts of fear. Can I tell you, when we start to fear, it means we don't have faith. And there's fears that we all face. And there's the fear of the unknown. There's the fear of the known. There's the, the uncertainty. There's the fear of health and job and finances and all those things and, and family and all that. Can I tell you, don't let fear take over. I like what God said to Abraham. Abraham, fear not, I am thy shield. You've got a shield, my friend, that can fight and quench the fiery darts of doubt and dread and the darts of deceit. I'll remind you that Satan is a liar. That's his MO. That's how he works. That's, that's, his, that's his tactic. He'll lie to you. He'll tell you something that isn't true. And he will try to get you off track based on a lie. That's why we've got to get back to the truth. And so can saturate yourself every day in the word of God because the truth will guard you and help you against the lies of Satan. And then there are the darts, I believe, of discouragement. Satan will tell you that it's not worth it to serve God. Satan will tell you you're not going to make it. You're not going to win. You're not going to be able to pull through this one. This is too big. This is too much. Uh, you're in such a, a bad state and you're in such a bad situation that you are not going to get out of it. I'm going to tell you that's a dart that Satan throws and it's real and it's sharp and it can hurt. That's why you got to get up the shield of faith and say, I believe God and I'm trusting in God and my courage is from God. There's the enemy, number four. There's the extinguishing. It says, above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench. We hadn't talked about this part yet. But not only do you need that dart, that arrow stopped, but you need that arrow put out because that arrow is on fire. That arrow, that word uh, uh, quench, it means to extinguish like a fire extinguisher would put out the flames of a fire. That shield of faith will put out the flames of Satan's fiery darts. In Bible times, the, the enemy would come and the enemy would fight and they would launch their arrows at the opposing side and they would launch their arrows at the army and those arrows would be covered with a flammable substance. And if the soldier did not get behind that shield of faith, that soldier would not only be injured, but that soldier could also catch on fire and the equipment, and in some cases the city and the supplies and all of those things could be destroyed by the fires. Well, why do you think Satan is launching fiery darts? Because that's what he knows. And he is destined for a lake of fire, and he's going to do all he can to try to inflict as much damage as possible as long as he can against God's people. Say, Pastor, what are we going to do against the fiery darts? I'm glad you asked. Get behind the shield of faith and watch the shield of faith quench and extinguish the fiery darts of Satan. Number five, lastly, and I'm done, the entirety. You see, I skipped a word there. It says, 
wherewith ye shall be able to quench all. A-L-L. Not some, not most, not a lot, not many. But ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now let me help, help me with this. I'm not real smart. Please don't say amen there. Thank you for with, with, uh, withholding that amen. You never notice sometimes people say amen, but it's at the wrong time. And it's my fault if I, if, I, if I make a statement like that and then there's that silence. You know, you just feel like somebody's got to say something. Yes, but not then. If I've got the shield of faith and I'm trusting God and I'm believing God and I'm depending on God and the, 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 the darts of discouragement, the darts of doubt, the darts of deceit and the darts of dread and, and all the other darts that Satan has, all of his fiery darts, they're coming at me one by one and two by two and three by three and they're coming from every which way. If I am behind the shield of faith, how many of those darts are going to be intercepted and extinguished if I'm behind the shield of faith. Somebody help me. How many? All. That means every one. That means not 99.9%. That means not 75 or 80%, not 50%, but 100% of those darts will be quenched. Not by me. Not by you. Not because we're good at dodging. <laughs> Not because we're good at ducking, but because we're good at trusting God. And our faith is not in ourselves, but our faith is in Him. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.